Welcome to Experimental. I'm your host, Justin Wise, a pastor turned business consultant for growth-minded entrepreneurs and experts. It's my mission to help you time travel into your preferred future, find the highest and best use of your time, build a business chock full of profit so you can design the life and business you want. If you want to hear how other experts and leaders are using creativity and experimentation to grow their businesses, this is the show for you. Welcome to Experimental. Justin Wise here. Uh, we have a very special show for you today. My main man, Jean Perpiant, is on the show today. Uh, Carrie, my wife and I met Jean down in Cabo San Lucas at a mastermind we were at uh, last in uh, 2019. We just really connected and uh, really enjoy him and his business, JP Design Theory. But one of the reasons why I want to do this show with John was because John's black and he has a very interesting perspective on the events that have been happening in our country and really the world, uh, particularly around George Floyd. And it was just one of those things where, you know, as a white person, there's only so much that I can understand of what it means to be in that struggle and deal with as you'll hear in today's episode, deal with the microaggressions that Jean talks about of what it means to be black. Now, Jean's down in Orlando. Uh, I am in Des Moines. Orlando, as you might imagine, is quite a bit more diverse. Des Moines is. Uh, so that played into our conversation today. And it, I wanted this to be more than just, oh, hey, Jean, you're black and I'm white. So let's talk about this stuff. <laughs> I wanted it to be a conversation to say, okay, where do we go from here? What does this look like? What does it mean to be in business? Uh, what are the things that that someone in my position may not understand about someone in your position? And so we had a great conversation today uh, about that. I'm excited for you to hear it. It's a longer conversation, but it's one that is well worth your time to invest. Um, so without further ado, here is my conversation with Jean Perpiant. So obviously we connected uh, in Cabo and I think, you know, both Carrie and myself just really enjoyed getting to, to know you and, and, you know, in normal everyday lives, usually race, race, ethnicity is not part of our, right. it's just not something you, you kick off conversations with typically. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think to some degree that that's, this is kind of how life is, but mm -hmm. you know, with recent events, um, and I, I kind of want to save a lot of this for, for the podcast, but long story mm -hmm. short, what I want to do is just basically say, okay, you as an entrepreneur, that's the angle you as a, as a black entrepreneur, what has this, these last two months, you know, obviously the, the, the the events leading up to these last two months and really the last month I would say has it's been in play for for centuries right mm -hmm. the per, the point of having you on this show is what has that what has your experience been like to, to give you that that chance to shape that narrative of what has it been like and and WordPress and I don't know if you want to go here but WordPress because that's kind of the 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 area that you play in. Mm -hmm is what i mean i don't know if they keep facts and figures on this but it's like glaringly white <laughs> isn't it so it, it it is but at the same time i 
I feel like I am uh, not to say, and I'm not going to say like an outlier, but it's like, I, my experience hasn't been so much that glaring. Yeah. Um, you know, Lots where I am in Orlando is way more diverse. Um, there definitely is, you know, not as many people of color, I would say as, as maybe that I would like to see, but we do such a good job of, uh, of, of trying to be as inclusive as we can and trying to be as diverse as we can. Um, you know, and, and I can say that from the side of being one of the organizers for, you know, WordCamp Orlando and, you know, being to some of the work camps that are here, you know, Miami, Jacksonville, things like that. Um, there definitely is a lot more room for uh, diversity, um, but there's not, a, at least that, that I've come across, there's not a sense, there's not a, uh, uh, let's say a visual barrier, if you will. It's more of just a knowledge of, hey, if you're, if you're familiar with this space, this is available to you. And the way that I stumbled upon it was um, probably an unconventional way. You know, I just happened to know about Meetup before I moved back down to Orlando. And then, you know, I looked up on Meetup and said, hey, you know, what's going on with, you know, with web design? Came across this WordPress thing. And I was like, oh, yeah, I dabble in WordPress a little bit. And then it was just, you know, I, I made friends, I made business, I, you know, was able to present both locally and on a stage and things like that. And it just, you know, progressed so much. And I wouldn't be where I am today had it not been for that group. And, um, you know, I, I just, I, I credit a lot of it to it. And like I said, I mean, I would like to see obviously more diversity with it. And I think that we're working towards that. But I think that the area for what, um, for what WordPress is in a lot of communities, it, it, it is, you know, uh, depending on your exposure to web design or the, the development culture um, and, and whether or not you can find out about this, it's not something that's uh, widely talked about as much as it was, as much as it is now, especially when I got into it. So there's a lot, there's a lot of factors into it. So just so you know, my angle on all this, like I, I was in a, uh, there was this class I was in in college and it was taught by a white professor and it was uh, racial and ethnic studies, something like that. And he gets up there and he says, like the second day. Now keep in mind, this is on a lily white campus of University of Northern Iowa. And I am one of two white students in the class of let's say 30. So it was like every person of color took that class and me, <laughs> which I was, it was so good. But he gets up there, he says, which floored me. I couldn't believe it. I'd never heard anything like this in my entire life. He said, when you study the history of this country, people of color have every right to hate white people for the rest of their lives and no one can blame them. And I was like, damn. Yeah. Cause, cause when you unpack what, so, so the rest of the course was, was revolved around that statement mm -hmm. and why that statement was factual. And I've never forgotten that. And so yeah. what you just said in terms of like the microaggressions and all that, you know, you gotta let you gotta let people of color like gotta give them room to breathe, man. They may not get it right or perfect, or one day it may be this thing, or another day it may be that thing. But hey, right. like back off. That professor is absolutely right. Yeah, and that that leads into, and we can definitely get into it. You know, again, um, but that is where I defend the people that are out there writing, right? Yeah, because while you know. You know, I, I'm not someone who's 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 a violence, you know, but what else do I have? If I yeah. have been, you know, assaulted and I have been mistreated and I have been disenfranchised, I have been underrepresented, I have been misrepresented, 
I have been characterized, stereotypes, and all of those things. And no matter everything that's out there to, 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 to show otherwise, I'm still being treated in such a way and I could still be mistreated in such a way. What else do I have? Right. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and while we can use, you know, his, you know, history in terms of the nation, in terms of, you know, centuries and empires and things like that, but you know, the, that's how this nation was built. Right. Um, there's still things about this nation that we don't, that are whitewashed that are um, tried to be hidden because we don't want to expose that ugly past. But, you know, we're, you know, for a lot of reasons, we're on uh, a, a t- not tainted land, but how do you say uh, like sacred land? Oh yeah. So we're trying to make it seem like, you know, oh yeah, this is all good over here. And, you know, on these, on these foundations and really it's not. And until we get to the point to where we can acknowledge that, like some other countries have, I mean, it's like, Hey, we, we, we have to make atonement for what we've done and we have to embrace this as part of our culture, but then also teach how this was incorrect. And now we will never do something like this again. And then only then can you build a society and actually have true patriotism you know, and unity across the people who live there. Um, And so, but if you continue to try to hide it or try to act like it's not there or try to, you know, push an indoctrination of what education is that we're getting in schools and not the truth of what really has happened to get to us to where we are, um, then when, as these things start to uncover and as you start to see, you know, more and more things, it's like, yeah, you're going to be upset. And so, yeah, you're going to take to whatever means that you can just to feel like, I can get this out because I have all of this in me that I don't know how else to deal with it. And that's another thing too. the, 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 Oh my gosh, the, um, the therapeutic side of dealing with, uh, or lack of therapeutic side of dealing with all of this angst and all of these feelings mentally, physically, emotionally, um, we don't have, not everybody has the outlets to go speak to someone or have, the financial uh, capacity to sit down with a therapist and actually process what they're dealing with, even if it's new, whether they knew about it or not, you know, mm. and, you know, I, I could tell you that, you know, I've been to a couple of, of marches and protests and to see a lot of these young kids that is just so viscerally upset and it's, yeah. it's terrible. Right. Cause you could just see it in their faces. They're just, they're just so upset. Like they just need to see something change. And, you know, and, and at the same time, it's like something could trigger them. And um, they just, it's not it's not like you know we see the signs oh we just need love and let's hate and no screw that um we need change and we need to see it actually happening like love isn't going to do it um if that was the case we would have been there already you know less hate if that was going to do it we would have been there already We're, we're not it's not helping um you know unfortunately you know uh, uh, outbursts and riots and protests and things like that. That's what actually makes change. Um, it's proven it's, it's happened. Um, that's what does. And so we're only doing what we've seen, you know, because everything else that we try to do, you know, whether it's conversations like this, whether it's movies, whether it's, uh, documentaries, books, uh, uh, you know, scholars that get out there and do, you know, these elaborate discussions or presentations and, you know, all of these things, none of that seems to help, none of that seems to help, you know, um, because it's still dismissed as entertainment or it's dismissed as, oh, it was in the past. No, we're trying to tell you in all of these, maybe passive aggressive ways, maybe passive ways, um, and some more direct ways that this is the world that we're living in. And just because this is happening across the street from you or the next town away from you and the next day away from you, um, and you think that this may not happen in your neighborhood, you're absolutely wrong because chances are someone down your street is of color 
and whether they're black or Hispanic or Asian or, uh, you know, uh, 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 you know, uh, West Indian, uh, East Indian, uh, whatever, you know, like there, there's, they feel a lot of these uh, transgressions also. And it, within their own communities, they talk about it. And it's just now, not say just now, but it's starting to become more of a thing now to say, hey, wait a minute, let's start to pull back the veil on this. And let's start to have more of these conversations because maybe we don't fully understand this. And that's where that's what's great. Like what you're doing and saying, Hey, you know what, John, let's, let's have this conversation. Cause maybe I don't have it all. Maybe what I thought I knew, I don't know. We need to have more of that. And it's tough, but we need to have more of that. So that way we can get perspective and then we can check ourselves, you know, and I can also get perspective from you. It's like, well, how did you miss this, Justin? How could you possibly not understand <laughs> what's been going on? You know, um, but then the so more dense. that, right. You know what I mean? You, you gotta, you gotta have these. And, and the more that we have these, um, you know, and, and I'll say this and, and, and I'll, I'll get off my soapbox for a minute, but these conversations need to be had at, at leadership levels, um, both in businesses like, you know, with businesses that are out there doing this, uh, we stand with you. OK, well, what does that mean? Because just saying that you stand with us, changing, uh, you know, an avatar, changing a, a, a gravit, a, a, a logo or something like that. What does that really that doesn't really mean anything. Um, what's your who's in your leadership? that you've been missing or that you've been passing or you've been uh, uh, skipping uh, that is of color that you can promote and put on a stage and let them show everybody else in the company how they feel about what's going on. Let them lead the way on change that should be happening and inclusion that should be happening in the, in, in the, in the culture of the company. Um, let them expose these microaggressions that everybody knows about, but no one wants to really talk about. Um, and let them start to shed a light on it so that way people can understand what white supremacy is, what uh, white uh, 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 transgressions are, or what, uh, uh, what is the, um, uh, now it's, it's, it's leaving me that where I was looking for, um, privileges or white privileges and, and areas and how we see it. But, you know, we don't ever, you don't really get the opportunities to say that, hey, that, that's, that's what this is. And that doesn't make me feel comfortable. And I don't know how to tell you that it doesn't make you feel comfortable without feeling like I may lose my job or that I may be demoted, or I may not be considered for a promotion, or that I may be replaced with somebody else, or I may be, you know, sent off to, you know, uh, something else or do something that I, you know, may not want to do. And I don't feel like I deserve to do that just because that I spoke out and exposed what everybody around me that is of color understands, but you don't understand. And you feel uh, that I'm saying this to target you and make you feel belittled or offended in some way. And, and that's the funny thing about it too, is like, if you feel offended by that, can I tell you what I have on my back? And then you tell me, sit in those shoes for just five minutes and you tell me how you feel, right? Like that's, that's the thing. And, and it's tough because not all of us in whatever position, whether it's leadership in, in businesses, um, small and large and, 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 business, and, and in government and in legislation and things like that, the more that we have these conversations, the more that we can say that, okay, then I don't feel alone in this or that's not being missed. And also we have checks and balances. It's like, okay, well, now that we've had this conversation and you say you're going to do this or you say you're going to do that, I'm going to watch. And then a week later, you, if you said that what you were going to do, you haven't done. And another week passes or a month passes. And then all of a sudden election cycle comes around and then you start to remember, oh yeah, I did say I was going to do this. And you start pandering and, you know, getting on your knee and wearing these, you know, these, 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 these African garbs or whatnot, this kind of showcase that you're somewhat familiar with what's going on no you're missing the boat and it's not a party thing it's not a uh uh, uh, uh how do you say it's not it's not these things that that people are trying to make the argument for or you're far right you're far left 
It's not that. It's just a human decency thing, you know. Um, I'll leave you. I'll I'll leave, I'll leave this rant with this: is that you know, for everything that we're seeing in terms of the uh, the murders and killings that we're seeing uh, of black people, right? Um, my wife uh, has used this example several times, and it's like if if it was a dog, if it was a cat, the outrage would be instant. Mm. Um, if anything, you wouldn't even be able to, you, you don't even see it, right? So if you think about movies, think about uh, shows, uh, you'll more than likely see, and if, if not, if you think about the, whether it's the, the murder shows and, you know, the Freddy's and Jason's and things like that, whatever, right? And even the late model uh, uh, horror shows and things like that or, or movies, you'll see a black person get killed graphically just about every time. You won't see someone who's white get killed graphically. You won't see an animal get killed graphically. So how is it that we're, de we're desensitizing in media what it is to be black and the, the effect and, and the livelihood and uh, the level of, uh, how do you say, perception and saying, that, okay, well, if you're black, we don't see you the same way. We're not valuing you the same way. So we can kill you in this way. We can depict you in such a way of violence. And at the same time, you know, be promoted to say that, oh, well, if someone is walking down the street who's a six foot tall black man, I should clutch my purse. I should cross the street. I should lock my doors. I should do this. And it's like, that's all of that is wrong. And all of that is unfair. Um, and all of that is out of, out of our control. We, we can't control those things, but those are narratives that are being pushed out there that is, you know, by and large, not true. If we look at crime rates. If we look at you know, different types of, like, we're not the ones, you know, we're disproportionately counted, we're disproportionately uh, a, a part of the population, but at the same time, we're, 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 we're uh, uh, advertised as if we're these super thugs and these things, and it's like, no, we're not causing the violence that you're purporting us to do. Look at the numbers in proportion to the ratio of, of uh, how many people that are in this country that are, that are black and out of color compared to those that are white that are committing these, these same crimes or going to jail for these same things. It's not the same. Crimes are the same, the punishments are the same. What I do want to do, though, is focus in on um, your experience as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Because you're a successful guy, you've got a great design studio, you have clients and all this great stuff, you're well-known in the WordPress community. So how is it, you know, my experience in building a business is everybody's experience is different, right? But how has building a business, a successful business, what is that experience like in light of kind of the things we've already talked about so far? So there's so much. So like for me, you know, when I first got started, you know, web design wasn't even a, a, a thought in my mind. Um, I first got started because I had been, you know, building and fixing computers on my own, um, you know, well before high school. Um, I've always taken computer classes just because I thought they were fun. Um, Doug was one of my favorite cartoons because, you know, at the end of everything, he would always get down on his computer and he would type to his, to his journal and almost like he was talking to it. And that's what I did, right? A lot of my inner thoughts went in on, you know, on a computer and I just get, felt fascinated with it. And um, as I actually met my wife and, and, and Nicole is the reason why I started a business because she was able to, she started businesses before we met. And she was able to give me a big picture and give me the idea of, hey, what you're doing could be done on a bigger scale and uh, even bigger than what you're thinking of. So long as, you know, you have the aptitude and you have the willpower and you have the drive to want to want to pursue it. And so as I progressed with doing computer drive, I, that 
uh, uh, sector of business started to fade away as computers became, you know, more and more affordable um, and less in quality. So I got more questions and comments or not questions or, or, or I say calls for a web design. So I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll see what I can figure out. And I got into that just self-taught. I looked up some videos, uh, took a couple of online tutorials, and then, you know, started, you know, just dabbling in it. And, that, you know, before I knew it, I was building websites for, uh, for small businesses. Now, um, I didn't do it, you know, all of that was with my own money, with me still working on the side and then also starting a family. So that was meaning, you know, doing the family stuff and then doing stuff for clients, you know, first thing in early in the morning before going to work late at night after everybody went to bed, um, you know, really, really hustling, right? Like what we, like what Gary talks about. Right. And I was doing that for day in and day out, you know, weekends and things like that. But at the same time, trying to maintain a lifestyle with my family. I didn't have any resources in terms of, you know, funding. I didn't know, uh, uh, you know, the first time out, you know, what all the rules were in terms of starting a business. And I didn't know if there were networking groups that I could get into specifically for African-Americans. I didn't know that there was funding for African-Americans. I didn't know, you know, minority business uh, 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 fundings were out there for, you know, all from federal down to down to local levels. I didn't know any of that stuff. Um, a lot of that happened with just the amount of people that I would meet and that would just ask me. And they would say, hey, did you know about this? Or, hey, did you know about that? That's how I found out. And um, then I would go and research it on my own based on what they told me and and trying, you know, seeing what what, what, what would work. Um, all through growing my business, it was a lot of it was, um, it was it was a lot of word of mouth, getting into marketing and advertising and digital advertising. All of that stuff was, was a sector that I felt like was much better bigger than me. A lot of the people that were doing it were people that were, you know, that were white and, you know, they had these established businesses to what it seemed and um, weren't really trying to necessarily share with me what their industry secrets were, which is fine. And so I had to learn on my own and, and that's a tough way to do it. Right. Whereas at the other side of that, I was, you know, I'm in networking events where I'm in classrooms and things like that. And I could see, let's say, you know, uh, you know, a Billy or a Brad, you know, communicate about something and kind of share some information you know, openly, you know, within each other, almost as if like they, you know, were, were investors together or something or partners together. And for me to kind of break that mold or break into that conversation, you know, I've tried it sometimes where it's like, oh, yeah, get with me after, here's my card and get with me after and I'll, I'll tell you more about it. And it's like, why, you know, I, you just told him or you seem to be very, you know, open to telling him some things like, what is it about telling me some things, right? And so I've experienced that, right? And it's like, I don't under, and me, naive, like, I'm like, oh, okay. And, Maybe I seem like I don't know any better, or maybe I seem like, or maybe he knows this person and I seem like I'm not worth it to spend my time in for whatever reason and, you know, not really trying to take it up on myself. But, you know, I am not someone who's experienced that 10, 15 times in a row. Imagine what that would be like for someone of color to mm. experience that 10, 15 times in a row and how that would make them feel about the next time that they decide to even approach asking a question in any setting, right? Especially when in majority of the classrooms that you're going to be in. Um, for marketing and business development and MBAs and things like that are going to be people that are not like you. Right. And so, um, hold on, a, let's park yeah. it. Let's park it there for a second. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I think this is a really, this is this right here to me is like the crux of the issue. Okay. Because, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think if you were to talk and poll a majority of, of white people and they would say, are you racist? <laughs> How, they would probably answer, well, no. And the criteria that, again, just based on my own experiences, as I've been forced to 
to to address this at various points in my own life and certainly as of late that criteria i think for most white folks is well do i go around saying the n-word if i do then i'm racist if i don't i'm not racist and when you look at it that way i think you know that's a really short-sighted definition because what you just described it's so hard to pinpoint but is it is a uh, under the radar form of racism and racism doesn't have to be active racism doesn't have to be like i was saying earlier someone running around saying the n-word well clearly mm-hmm. you know someone who does that yes we could easily classify them as racist but racism also creeps into that situation that you just described where subtly subconsciously we don't even realize it but i'm gonna and i love the names that you chose <laughs> billy and brad <laughs> Those are such white guys. Right. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to answer their questions, Mm -hmm. but here is this person of color and I'm not going to answer their questions. The person Mm -hmm. who's, who's, who's in that frame of mind doesn't even realize it. So how can a person listening to this who might think to themselves, Oh my goodness. Like, yeah, I don't run around saying the N word all day, but where where does the where do those racist tendencies lurk? Right. How can someone, you know, even begin to to become cognizant and aware of of their own thought patterns? Do you have yeah. any insight into that? I do. I do. I have a lot. So um, there, I, I like to I like to try to dissect it a little bit further into prejudice and racism, because there's a lot of prejudice, and I would say I have it. Um, I would almost, I had a, you know, I hate to generalize it, but I mean, almost everybody has some level of prejudice because totally. there's things that they don't know about different people, different cultures, different scenarios that they will then assume that they know when they step into that scenario, whatever, be, based on previous insight from other sources, whether that be a friend, a movie, a documentary, a show, a, uh, a meme whatever, right? So they'll step into that. So what happens mm. is, is that the idea, whatever, whatever that happens, whether it's a microaggression, whether it's the, something that is said or, or, or whatever, what happens is, is that it seemed as though, oh, they're racist because they said this, or they joked about that, or they mentioned this or whatever. When in, in, in a lot of cases, in, in, in my view, is that they're, they're acting on their prejudice. And that's a, 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 a easier thing or a, a good thing to start in on um, as you get to your way to understanding what racism really is. Because racism really is the idea that there is a superiority of, of, of oneself, really, of, 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 well, let's say for the context of where we are right now, of, of, mm-hmm. of, of being white, being, being more superior to everyone else, to every other race or every other ethnicity, every, everything else, right? And however that they define that superiority, um, whether it be of money, of power, whatever, um, there's still this idea that they are superior, meaning that they are, they, they're owed more, they deserve more, and all the things that go with it. That's where privilege comes in and some of these other things come in, right? And so if we can get into just identifying the prejudice, and that happens in all, this, all the scenarios, whether it's at work, whether it's at home, whether it's at a friend's house, and especially when there are, let's say, let's say five people who are white, that are in, let's say, a club or a bar, a lounge or whatever, right? At, at lunch and having a conversation, talking about a show 
or talking about something. And then one person, one person mentioned something that may be seemed as well on the onset, maybe seemed as racial, but really it's on the prejudice. It's, it's on prejudice because they're mentioning a comment or making a joke about something, but no one in that group is of color. And so maybe nervously everybody laughs or no one says, Hey man, um, that was inappropriate. Mm. Let me tell you why that was appropriate. And this is where we start to identify again, racism versus prejudice. Like, where did you get that from? Like, why did you say that? What made you feel like that was okay for you to say? And then they can, then they can think in themselves like, well, wait, one, I didn't think that that was inappropriate. Two, I didn't think that that was something that uh, would be offensive. And three, I probably felt comfortable saying that because no one in this room or no one around me was of color. So I could probably get that up subconsciously. Mm. And so when we, when we put all of those things together, all of those things are happening in our minds or in that person's mind necessarily, um, you know, in that moment when the thought comes up. And so maybe without a filter, without a thought, they say whatever that was said. The, 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 the battle, if you will, is so that way at least one of the people within the five says, hey, man, um, that was wrong. And let me tell you why that was wrong. Right. Um, and, and, and the relation to why that could be wrong would be to say, hey, you know what? My niece is, is, is biracial. My uh, cousin is this, or my friend is this, or my coworker is this, or whatever, right? They're of this ethnicity. They're of this uh, uh, background or whatever. So, you know, I had to imagine what, what if my friend, colleague, neighbor, whatever, was that person you were joking about, mm. how they would feel if they heard that. And then by making it real for not just the person who's, you know, you know being brave enough to, 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 you know, stop that, you know, moment to right. bring this to light, then and also bring the relation to what to 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 it. it it forces everybody else to also think back it's like oh you know what yeah i've got a friend neighbor this whatever whatever instead of just saying i don't see color instead of just saying uh you know uh, uh you know I, I i i have five black friends or whatever <laughs> saying no that you know john is you know he's 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 haitian he's african he's you know he wouldn't appreciate that and here's why he wouldn't appreciate that or here's why i know that that's not true or here's why I know that that's false, um, because you know we've had dinner together, we've done this together, we've done all these things together. I've met a family, whatever, you know, all the whatever the examples that you have to do to make it relevant. It then forces everybody else to think the same thing. And then, if any of the other people were in the same scenario, without the other four, same thing comes up. They're able to, you know, they're able to feel maybe hopefully feel a little bit more confident about stepping up and saying something as well. Makes I think sense. That's a- that's a great litmus test is to say, okay, if you, if, as, you know, a person of color, you were, you, you're, if they were in the room right now, would you say the same thing? Right. And if somebody else says it, are you going to, cause I think, man, a lot of times guys like guys and gals like me who, you know, when you really step back and look at it, it is, it is crushing to see the, the privilege. And I'm not saying that, you know, the opportunities are bad, but when you, when you look at the position of privilege that, that you are in, it can be, it can be soul crushing because you realize like, Oh wow, that's actually true. (laughs) That's actually true. And um, it, it, you know, there's, not everybody gets these the same level of privilege, and so you know you have these. You're in this position of privilege, and you you say to yourself, "I don't even know where to start. I don't even know how to begin to 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 remedy this situation." 
And I think the context that you just gave is a great one is to, is to simply just start by speaking up and simply saying something like, Hey man, that's not cool. Like I got a, a brother or a friend or a relative or whatever that's of that particular race or ethnicity or group or whatever it is. I mean, we're talking fundamentals here. We're talking basic building blocks because, you know, we we're talking earlier, like people of color have been dealing with this for not, I mean, we're not talking years or decades here. We're talking centuries of oppression. And those might, I love that term you're using microaggressions. I've heard that before, but those all add up. And I guess my whole point in saying this is like to bookend this a little bit, when you're in that room with those five people and somebody says something that is a microaggression, uh, an offhand joke, Maybe, maybe not as overtly racist, but it is prejudiced. That is a microaggression. Mm-hmm. And those bake their way into our conversations, which bakes, our way, bakes their way into the culture, which bakes our way, its way into the society at large, into behaviors and norms and laws. And those all add up. Mm-hmm. Um, but to get back to it, one of the ways that, you know, good, and someone, again, making this very here and now, because one thing I don't want to do is number one, I don't want to speak for the entire white race. (laughs) I I don't want to be a mouthpiece for everybody who's ever been white or ever will be. And conversely, I don't want to put you in that position to say, well, John, speak for every black person who's ever lived. Right. Right. That's not fair. (laughs) Right. It's It's not fair. But what is to say is let's put some context around this conversation a little bit in terms of what, a normal everyday person can do. And I think that's a great starting point is to say, okay, if you hear those things and, and people might say, oh, it's not a big deal. It's just a joke. Da, 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 da. But what you don't realize is that that joke is coming at the expense of somebody else. Right. Um, and those things add up. Right. right. Um, wh- what about, tell me more about that microaggression. Uh, mm-hmm. Because it can come out in terms of just offhanded jokes or whatever, but there's more to it. Unpack microaggressions for me. Yeah. Let me give you, let me give you a really good example. Right. And so um, I was giving this the other day and I kind of was talking to uh, a CIO and kind of blew his mind a little bit because they (laughs) were easily able to put themselves in the position. Right. So let's just say that you're, if you think about your, the typical morning commute, right. So it's like, I get up, I've got to get dressed, brush my teeth, you know, kiss the kids, whatever, get them ready for school or whatever. And then I get in my car, I, you know, drive however far to get to a coffee shop. And when I get to the coffee shop, I've pretty much timed myself right so that way I can get my coffee. I know what I'm going to order. And then I'm going to get right to work just in time for me to clock in and, and, and start my day. Right. Well, I get in line and I order my coffee. And by the time my coffee comes to me and they, they give it to me, they missed something. They forgot something. They did it wrong right? Um, for the average white person, you know, they can say, hey, sorry, uh, this is this was made wrong or da da da. Or let's just give it even a little a little bit more is where they maybe they're a little upset. And they're like, hey, you know what, I, I'm, I'm, now I'm going to be late. You know, this coffee is wrong. And I need it right because I've got to go. And I come in here every day. And I don't understand what the problem is. This is a very simple thing. And blah, blah, blah. Now, imagine that situation, right? So now everybody else is in line. You know, they see this person who is white, who is, you know, saying what's going on and explaining, you know, the situation, the disposition, blah, blah, blah. Everybody else that's in the line who's probably white is looking at them like, yeah, absolutely. I totally feel you. I hope that doesn't happen to me when I get up there. Right. 
the person that there's let's say there's one person that's in that line that is of color they're looking at them like oh man they have no idea right um they're 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 how do you say exercising their 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 privilege to be able to even be irate to a certain degree and not mm. be looked at as less than who they are. They're not looked at as being aggressive. They're not looked at as being a threat. They're not looked at as being someone who would probably typically complain about things all the time because that's what they typically do. They're not looked at for any type of stereotypes, no matter what they're, how they're dressed, what they have on glasses, if they have their hair put together, if they're looked disheveled, none of that matters. They're just looking at their skin color and giving them all of these passes. Same scenario, person of color, say it's me. I get up there and same thing happens. I cannot be upset about it. I have mm -hmm. to actually take down the base of my voice and say, I'm, I'm sorry, excuse me. Um, you know, I know you're really busy, but um, I really didn't want whole milk. I wanted skim milk and I didn't want sugar and this is sugar in it. And because of my diet, I really can't have it or because of whatever, whatever, I can't have this. And so can you please make this? And while I'm doing that, Everybody that's in line also is looking at their watches and saying, oh, my gosh, now I'm going to be late because this person, da, 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 and, you know, he just take his coffee and go. Who cares if they added sugar to it and da, 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 you know what I'm saying? And whatever that they're, and, and we feel that. So I'm in line and I'm, and I, if I even try to just peek back over my shoulder, I can just feel the stares on me like as if they're daggers. And mm. I can see people like tapping their feet or, you know, chipping at their mouth when they do it, you know, whatever. And it's so it hurts. So now I have to take that and then I continue my drive. And then for whatever reason, um, I'm driving down the street and I see a cop on the other side. They, you know, I just happen to look over and they look over at me. They flip around and they get behind. Me. Mm. And now I'm, I, I've just dealt with this. And so I'm a little upset, but I'm also embarrassed because I had to say that. And now I've got a cop that flipped around behind me that I'm minding my own business. Everything is clean with me. I have done nothing wrong. I just happen to look over there and now they're behind me. because of the history that we have with with police and because, and I'll, and I'll say this, and, and I, I don't want to digress, but if you ever go back and look at the history of police and what, what started the police force and how that came out of uh, when slaves were declared free and well, even before that, there were militias that were out there that were, that were they, they created a job to say, I'm gonna go, they're gonna go out in groups to go find slaves that tried to leave or try to leave the plantation and bring them back or whether to capture them or kill them or whatever. That is the beginning of slave militias that and then became uh, a police force. So if we look at all of those things and look at what we're dealing with right now, that is something that is so far back. And it is such a thing when I then have a police officer that gets behind me, um, for whatever reason that he feels that way, I then now feel terribly afraid. And now I'm looking at everything that I'm doing. I'm turning down my radio. I am at 10 and two. I am just I'm not even trying to do speed. I'm doing five miles under the speed limit. And if anything, maybe I might test it and go to the left lane to try to get around somebody or make a right turn and see if they do a right turn or a left turn. And now they're following me. They've done two block with me. And, you know, maybe they stop me. Maybe they don't. Maybe they do. And they just stop me just because they want to, you know, run my stuff and, and, and make me feel a certain way or see if I say something wrong. And then now I get to, you know, uh, thrill them on whatever they were looking to get thrilled out of for the moment and see if I do something incorrect. So that way they can, you know, uh, force me or do something to me or whatever, like all of that is running through my mind. Right. Then maybe nothing happens. And then I, you know, after a couple blocks, he leaves me alone. And then I get to work and well, I get to work and now I'm, sh I'm shook because of two incidents just getting to work. And then I have, you know, a, 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 I get into a staff meeting and then during a staff meeting, I'm there and let's say it's 20 people 
in that staff meeting, I'm already under underrepresented. So it's probably going to meet me being black and probably maybe another black woman or maybe another black man. And then so, you know, the person who's the manager or whatever is giving the staff meeting makes an inappropriate joke. I will then look at the other person who's of color, mm. give a little head nod or lock eyes. We both know that that happened. We both know that we can't say anything about it because everybody else is laughing or whatever, whatever. Uh, however, that they're carrying on, you know, reacting to the moment and not reacting in a way that to correct or reacting in a way that's like shocking. Like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you said that. They're reacting to kind of concert whatever the the, the the manager said or whatever. And me and another person of color are looking at each other like, yeah, we know that happened. Yeah, we know we can't say anything about it. And yeah, it's unfortunate. And that's what happened. So then we have that, right? So now that is the beginning of our day. Whatever else happens for the rest of that day, all of that is still there, plus everything else from the days before, years before, and all that other stuff. These are all of these smaller microaggressions. It's 9 a.m., dude. <laughs> you know, right. It is like, it's like, what else can possibly happen? And then, you know what I'm saying? Billy comes over and he's like, I need my TPS supports. Well, damn it, Billy, I don't have time for your TPS supports. So what, what do they matter right now? You know what I mean? You know, what, what, what? So those are just, you know, um, you know, examples and, you know, and I, and I've, I've dealt with those. Right? So I can tell you that, but it's like, you know, and, and, and I'm trying to make it kind of, you know, comedic, but at the same time, those run the gamut of how severe they could have gone in any direction for anybody at whatever scale of, you know, of, of worker employment that they're at. Right. It brings to mind here in Iowa, as, as we record this, one of the coaches on the Iowa Hawkeyes football team just resigned. Uh, and he resigned because, you know, he's been at the program for 20 plus years. Uh, and what made this so, so unique was like, there wasn't, uh, he, players were saying, hey, Coach Doyle is the guy's name. Coach Doyle says these things and he doesn't, he's not like a racist, but he says these things and they're just, they're just inappropriate. Uh, like making making comments on players, black players, uh, how they wear their pants, mm-hmm. or saying like, "Hey, I know you came from this particular part of the country, which isn't a real great part of the country, and if you don't, you know, lift more weights, we're going to send you back to that part of the country." Mm-hmm. And you know, this stuff has been happening for for decades, mm-hmm. and it finally came to a head with George Floyd. And um, all of these players have since come out and said, you know, this is what Coach Joel said to me. Uh, you know, he's, he made a comment about my tattoos or my clothes or my, uh, you know, the place that I came from and all this kind of stuff. And when you were talking and explaining that situation of getting your morning coffee, you know, it made me, it made me think of that because I don't have anyone commenting on my appearance. I don't have anyone saying to me, you know, people entrusted uh, positions of authority and leadership saying, you know, you don't come from a great part of, of the country. And if, if you don't perform, we're going to send you back there. I don't know if anyone's saying that. But those levels of, and I would consider those, what those players, you know, and this is decades now, they're saying all these comments line up and he finally had to go and it was time for him to go. But, but those to me seem like, a level of microaggression that you just don't quite understand how that mentally impacts someone day after day after day. And so it's back to the original point of the conversation of like, yeah, 
do, do we want to have riots in the streets? No, but sometimes that's the only way we can get hurt. Right, right. And let so, me hold you there. Yeah. The, the thing of the two, to, to, to go back to what you're saying about your coach, what happens is, is especially for those kids, that it ends up normalizing it. Yes. And, and that's an impactful thing just to hold there too. Like now that this is normalized, it shouldn't be, but it is for them. And they have to deal with that. Right. And the impact of that, that they get to carry that normalization in other scenarios and other areas where it's like, well, my coach says that. So I yes. guess it's OK, because my coach doesn't, you know, what I'm saying he wouldn't hurt me like he wouldn't physically hurt me or ruin, you know, what I'm saying even though he says that, but it's OK. So if this person says that in this scenario, it's OK. It's not it, it sh- it's not OK. It shouldn't yes. be. No- and that's the thing. He's, like you said, he's a person of authority. So we respect you with authority, of course. Those kids, you know, what I'm saying I'm sure at the time never would have thought to even try to say something to anybody that's around them. And it goes the same for, you know, someone who is sexually abused, like with the, those, those kids out of, uh, was it Penn, Penn state the yes. university, yes. you know what I'm saying? Or those Olympic, those Olympic, those Olympic, uh, Olympic, uh, kids that were under the train, like yep. it, it go, it runs the gamut, right. Where it's like, if this is normalized in this way, um, you don't know the person who's doing it may not know of the other areas where I'll just say it this way. These types of things, um, uh, these types of things mount up and they always start somewhere. And, you know, like when you think about somebody who, you know, if you look at historic, like serial killers, like they started off somewhere. They didn't start off like being born as a serial killer. They started off with something, something happened to where they, you know, were able to do something and the ramifications of that were, were not existing or the ramifications of that were celebrated instead of chastised. And so they're like, oh, okay, okay. Well then if that's okay, then I can do this. If that's okay, I can do this. And that's okay, I can do that. They eventually gradually get to a point to where things get egregious, right? And 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 to and I I don't want I, I don't I hate to cut you off and I apologize, but do it. that's the thing about you know about George Floyd about George Floyd is that it, it got to a point to being so egregious yeah. that it's like what else has to happen right. for 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 attention to be placed there to say, hey, hey, hey listen we've got to fix this at so many levels and take this all the way back to here because the same coach that says this about me at this point to then when I get to the same authority, I get this at work. I get this from a police officer. I get this from a judge. I get this from whatever. And it's like, what, who's defending me? Mm. No one is saying that this is inappropriate. No one is stopped. No one is saying that this is, this is wrong or defending me. And when I try to defend myself, I am, I am chastised. Like I am wrong. Like I am out of place. I should have said anything. What, who, who, who am I to say something? Because I came from this part of the country or this part of the world or whatever, whatever. Right. Um, you know, I like my family, you know, quote unquote came from this administration came from a shithole country. Right. And right. so look at in, in, in the things that, that my family had to come through for me to have my own business, for yeah. me to have my own house, for me to, you know, like, you know how many things, how many lightning strikes and how many chances of, of, of situations for me to get to where I am. That's not something that I take for granted, but it's also not something that is common for people that come from where I come from. And so it's disheartening when we hear stuff about, oh, well, you have the same opportunities that I have. There shouldn't be anything. Any, you shouldn't have any special privilege to you, you know, that, 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 that you know, it's dedicated to you. It's like, yes. Because everything has been set up for you to succeed. Yes. Just now in the past, maybe a couple of decades, if not a couple of years that have been things that have set for us to try to succeed. And in every place that there has been, there's been extensive resistance and, 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 and legislative resistance um, to, to combat that where we still don't have an equal playing field. 
but all of that comes from these smaller microaggressions at these yes. at, at these other areas where it seems like oh it, it's it's okay but again if we can't say anything at this level how are we supposed to say something at this grant at this bigger level you know it reminds me of something carrie carrie who you obviously know, and we've all hung out together. And everybody likes Carrie more than they like me. <laughs> He's a sweetheart. What do you expect? <laughs> Which I love. <laughs> I love it. But it's like without question, everybody always, if they meet the both of us, they'll be like, Justin, you're all right. But we really yeah, like Carrie. For sure. For <laughs> sure. But she was like, she was. we were talking about all this stuff. <laughs> how, how do we talk to our kids about this and all this? Yeah. And she found this great analogy where uh about white privilege and it's basically because i think to some degree that's kind of what we're talking about here Mm -hmm. and the conversation gets skewered when we say the analogy she gave was what white privilege is realizing that you hit a home run but you started on third base Mm -hmm. which i thought damn Mm -hmm. that's huge Mm -hmm. and to be able to have that awareness it's it it's not saying we'll go back to first base. That's not what, that's not what the conversation is about. It's not saying, well, you, you must be penalized. Although I'm sure, you know, in some, some parts of this, of this conversation, there are folks who would probably advocate for that approach. But ultimately I, I don't think in the, in the conversations I've had with my black friends, that's not what they're saying. They're just saying, recognize that you're on third base and do everything you can to help, to help, even the playing field so that we can get to third base, let alone get right. to home, get to home plate. Right. Um, like tell us like in that example, like tell us if you were able to read the sign from the pitcher of what his pitch was going to be. So that way you could tell me so I could read the same pitch and then I can probably hit the same, the same ball. Right. And the same example I was given before is like, if I'm in the room and you're giving this tip to this other person and you see me who's willing and able, give me the same tip too. Yeah. Right. Instead of, just saying, oh, I'm just going to hold it. Right. That, that, that's, that, those are all of those areas where, you know, all of the, we can, where we can evil 11, you know, we can evil the playing field and we can grow as a society together, which is the whole point of this country, you know, at, you know, at, at the root of it is like, if we can grow together, um, we'll be so much better, so much more advanced, um, you know, less of everything, more of the, less of the bad things, more of the good. So let me ask you this, okay? Because like the whole um, <clears throat> Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter. Ultimately, when I look at, okay, what's really going on here? What is, what is, uh, what's, the, what's at the root of this? Because I think that that whole dialogue, Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter, the whole All Lives Matter to me, I look at what's really going on here? What's underneath this? Yeah. And ultimately... It's this concept of like, I think for, for white people, it's so uncomfortable to think about, um, it, it's so uncomfortable to think about, wow, I actually may have had a head start and not just like in the last year or so, but my whole entire life and my parents' entire lives and my grandparents' entire lives and go on and, you know, go back as many generations as you need to. But we've basically been given this massive head start that can be really, really, really uncomfortable to realize like, holy cow. Yeah. I have been put in this, in this space. And I think to to some degree, that's where the all lives matter comes into play, but it's also this concept of like, and I'm sure you've heard it too, but this whole concept and idea of reverse racism, 
Uh, which to me, I know, I know, I know. You have the same, uh, I'm glad you have the same uh, reaction that I do. Mm -hmm. But it's a very real, like, it's a real thing that people believe exists. Mm -hmm. Where, Where it's actually talking about equality, people will say, and it's always white folks, well, that's reverse racism. So for someone who believes, and I don't want to diminish, like the one thing I don't think is helpful in, in these conversations is to shame p- people for where they're at. Right. right. Uh, or is to diminish their, their, their experiences or to, uh, sh- you know, shame in this, in this type of conversation is never a helpful right. catalyst. Right. So we have to accept where people are at. We don't want them to stay there, but we have to accept where they're at. So for someone who's coming to the table and maybe even listening to this, to this episode where they're seeing things with that perspective of, well, hey, there's, this, is, this is nothing but reverse racism. How, maybe two parts to this. What is, your, what, is, what is your perspective on that? And number two, how can someone in my position who, who you know, uh, wants to be able to address that without wringing someone's neck <laughs> mm. <laughs> so so there's a lot that i want to say there. Right? There's, a lot. Uh, there's a lot i want to say there. yeah because um and, and oh, man it's so much so i would tell you that um as i as i look at you know what's happening and what's been happening across the country i have been being i've become much more aware of i'm going to say middle america and um where i, I thought yeah i, I thought <laughs> That <laughs> I thought that we as a country was were, were much more progressive yeah. um, than than where we are. That was a, a, a misunderstanding that that I thought, and that was a lot of because of where I am, because of what I see on. Because you're in, as a reminder, vision. you're in Orlando. Yeah. I'm in Orlando. Yeah. Right, I'm in Orlando. I'm in a very very uh, pretty diverse uh, uh, area, yeah. um, and so there, there's this I the idea that, that that what I started to see was that oh okay. So as we start to, you know, talk and, and proclaim and say, you know, can you agree with me and can you stand with me and say that black lives matter? Right. And I'm not saying that to say that, you know, our lives matter more than anybody else's life. Yes. Um, it's just that if you look at historically what has been happening and what is happening is that we are disproportionately being mistreated, um, you know, in, in a lot of ways, whether it's financially, educationally, um, you know, uh, legislatively, uh, legally, you know, like all of these areas, we, we are targeted, we are hunted. Um, and so if, if, if it was, if it was a, if it, like I said before, if it was a dog, if it was animals that were being treated this way, I I can't tell you how many organizations would be whipping up so fast. Um, you know, just like they have, you know, there's documentaries about, you know, the, the, this cat one or whatever, just recently I saw on Netflix and this, this whole community got started across the country just to figure out like who's been killing these cats on the internet. Right. And so if it was anything like that, everybody would wrap their minds around it. Mm. What I, what, what what, we use the analogy, you know, just for simple is like, well, does your, does your left arm matter more than your right arm? Does your left leg matter more than your other leg? If you, um, if you went for, uh, uh, what do you call those, um, those, those five K's for lung cancer, does that mean that lung cancer is any less important than brain cancer or mm-hmm. breast cancer or colon cancer? You know, like all of those things are important. But for right now, the, the playing field is not the same. The attention is much more egregious towards the black community. We have to stand in solidarity to say, hang on, as a society, 
and say, hang on, something's wrong here. Everybody mm-hmm. else, we're okay. You know, we're, we're okay over here. You know, we're not seeing the same egregious transgressions that are happening to any other community, especially over the past several years. You know, even more recently, when we look at what's happening with police violence and brutality, um, Black lives are being disproportionately, or we're being hunted, you know, and that's the, that's, that's the thing. I, I want to make that as, 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 as bold as I possibly can say it. If you had to, if we uh, go back and, and listen to some of the talks that Jane Elliott has said, it's like, if you had to put yourself in, in my position as being a person of color, being black, whatever, and, and, and if you just imagine looking at what my daily life is or what that is to be in our community, um, could you say that we're being treated, uh, uh, and I'm, I'm, mis- I'm trying to paraphrase it, but could you say that we're being treated uh, properly? And if you could say that, could you say that you would want to be treated the same way as being white? Would you want to be treated the same way that we are being treated yourself? And chances are, you're probably going to say no. And as you say no, or even as you think of trying to find a way to say yes, you know, you know, vo- vocally, but internally, like, absolutely not, is because then you know that there is something being, something, there's wrong things being done to people in the Black community. Mm. And that is where you have to say that, yes, at this point, yeah, we have to say that, Black Lives Matter, because the emphasis needs to be there. Not to say that it's any less than anybody else, but the emphasis needs to be there. And that's what I was saying before about, about companies and things like that. Like just saying that you stand with us, you know, stand with the Black community isn't enough. What are you doing internally to showcase that? What actions are you taking? How are you switching up leadership, identifying? Like what Alexis O'Hannon did uh, with Reddit. He stepped down and told his board specifically, I'm going to step down so that way you can elect somebody of color to take my position. Not just so you can take my position with somebody else, but someone of color has to sit where I sit and I'm going to step away. That's how much, you know, it means to him. And it's probably a lot of where he's been, where he's, what he's been exposed to and a lot of because of who he's married to, right? He's been given a perspective of what that inequality must, must, must look like, right? And so it's like, wow. So then now what can I do? And that's the same thing. Like, so we all have to look at ourselves and say, what can I do? Like for me, having this conversation with you being recorded and all that other stuff, it's a daunting thing for me. Like I'm <laughs> terrified, right? You're doing but great. You're so if, good. If it's, if it's something that I can do to maybe help change the mind of one person, give perspective for one person, then it was totally worth it. If it lives on and, and, and it affects more than that, then fantastic. And then let me go back even further, uh, uh, back to your original question too, is that as I look at this, uh, I look at, you know, middle America, I, I start to see something to where, it seems like there are white people that feel threatened for their own uh, sense of being, sense of uh, position, sense of ownership, and things like that. To where it's like, well, wait a minute, they're starting to understand what what, what their what their white supremacy has given them, and what their white privilege, or what not white supremacy, what their white privilege has given them, and then they're starting to say, well, wait a minute, if we're going to start to equal the playing field here. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I feel comfortable with that. And in their mind, they're thinking, well, that means that I have to give up some of what I have to give to my neighbor down the street or give to something else. And it's not necessarily the case, but it is uh, the case that the focus and the, the, the things that you've been able to enjoy without effort has to then be, has to then be uh, uh, looked at, it has to be reexamined, and it has to be you know, reproportioned because it has been disproportionately in your favor. The other thing too is that... Um, and this may be a little tongue in cheek and this may not be received as well um, in, in, in the sense of being, you know, uh, fully, you know, uh, uh, honest here is that I've started, I've seen where you have poor white people who um, are even more upset because given your analogy about, okay, well, if I, 
have been able to hit this home run being that I was on third base, that is at least you are now knowing that, okay, well, I was able to take this advantage, take these advantages for me to get to where I am. But for those that haven't just, be, and, and those that haven't taken those advantages to further their lives based on the things that are already there given to them to do without them having to, you know, try so much to get to that, to, to get whatever advancement that that's been, you know, almost, you know, bestowing on them. They're starting to realize like, Oh, wait a minute, if they're going to even the playing field, I didn't take advantage of this stuff. And when I decided to take advantage of this stuff, I may not be able to as easily as I could have as my neighbor did or my whoever else has. And now I'm threatened. So which means where is my focus? And they start to sense the, get the sense of oppression and the sense of, you know, of, of those things. And then they start to get upset. And it's so funny to me because it's like, at least now you get a little bit of what it feels like. And now you start to understand, but instead their reaction is more of, of something that is personally taken. They take it personally or take it like an attack towards them. I mean, it's like, it's not the case. And we have to also address that, right? Um, we also have to address what it is for the, 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 the totally ignorant white person or, you know, that, that had no idea any of this stuff existed and now feels like they have this weight of responsibility that's on them to walk in a certain way, say a certain thing and where they may not have before. And now they have to, and it's like, I, and they're stressed, right? They're like, I, I don't, you know, I don't want to seem this way and I don't want to be labeled this way. I don't want to be labeled as a racist. Um, but then realizing that, well, maybe I did have some prejudices that I was ex exercising in a way that was, you know, showing in this way and, and they have to deal with that. And that's threatening for them too, because they've been, you know, ordering their teas and shopping at these places and going to, you know, whatever, driving, whatever cars and doing all these other things without knowing what that actually looks like for someone who is not white. And that is threatening. And, and, and we get that because we joke about it in our community all the time. It's like, ah, look at, you know, so-and-so and the way that they're doing this, that, and the third, we know what that is, but they don't know. And, and, you know, who am I to tell them? Because how they can look at me and understand what I'm trying to tell them. They're going to think I'm crazy or I'm this or whatever, whatever. So all of those, Justin, are things that, you know, are also coming, bubbling up to the top right now across, you know, across, across America. And I think that is very, very interesting because this isn't something that we're going to be able to just walk away from and, and get into the next news cycle. And now, you know, take it like whether there's the next hurricane, the next earthquake, the next whatever, whatever, the pandemic is still going on. This is still here. And this is yeah. not something that is going on. And I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for that. And I think that it gives us the opportunity to, to then confront these things head on, whether it be, you know, uh, not as tactful or whatnot, but let's, let's try to have these conversations so we can get to an understanding and instead of just having an assumption from from the other room or from the other street or the other neighborhood and not actually, you know, like, let me say this. I had a friend. I had it. Well, and it's a, a, I'll say a friend, really, but a neighbor of mine who uh, we don't really talk on this level. Um, a couple of days after after George Floyd, he literally stopped at my house. He's never done this before. Stopped at my house, knocked on the door, said, hey, I have questions. Can I come? In? I, I have questions. Can I ask you? Had him come in and it was probably two hours in where he's asking questions oh. and asking really good questions that I, and, and, and I know that he's not asking them from a sense of like, you know, trying to be hurtful or anything like that. But it was like, I could tell that he has been burning with these, with these questions for some time, right? They're, they're, they're burning inside of him and he didn't know how else to ask, like, you know, just going online and seeing the things that are happening online, however extreme that they are, was like not sufficing. It's like, I have to talk to him. I know this person, he's a color. Um, maybe I can ask him and thankfully he got the right one. You know, I can tactfully and try to articulate for him, you know, what this is and what this looks like and what my experiences are so that he can, he can, he can grasp it and give him 
I don't know, 15 examples of, you know, of supremacy, of privilege, of uh, transgressions, of law, of how things have been derived this way and how un unfortunate it's been and unfair that it's been. But still, we have to try to overcome and why we have to tell our, you know, I have to tell my son that he can never play with guns. You know, mm. he's never been able to, he's never allowed to do that. He, uh -huh. the way that he has to, you know, whenever he's, if he's ever approached by a police officer, what, you know, how he has to talk so that way he can live and how, mm. you know, for your kid who's white, he can run up and down the street, you know what I'm saying? Yelling all types of type, all types of things in a, and, 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 and react in school a certain type of way with whatever type of outburst and won't be, you know, called, the cops won't be called on him to be taking him out in handcuffs at five years old, at 13 years old, at eight years old, or whatever that it is. Like he has all of those things and he doesn't even know that he has those things yeah. until they kind of maybe happen. And still he's kind of thankful of it, but still doesn't put it in perspective. Like if I was of another color, what would that look like for me? And so I have to give him all of these things and hope that one of them is the thing that gives him the perspective. It's like, oh, now I get it. And the thing that I say, and same thing with what we're doing right now, is like, I have to do all this stuff. I have to live all this trauma. I have to relive all this trauma to give you enlightenment so that way you can walk away enlightened. But then I walk away reliving this trauma and still holding onto that. And I still have my kids. I still have my job. I still have this. I still have all of those things that I then have to, you know, compartmentalize what I had to walk through for you to get this and then still maintain and still be tactful and still, uh, you know, not blow up and still not do all of these things, even though I should, I can't. And that is exhausting. And yeah. so when I said at the very beginning, when we said, you know, we started, we started this, I said, you know, I'm having these conversations probably five or six times a week. It is absolutely mentally, ex physically, emotionally exhausting to do it. But I don't, I'm not gonna say I don't have a choice. I, I've taken it upon myself to say that I have to do this. Not everybody who's black or who's of color or whatever is, 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 has that same uh, sense of duty or sense of, you know, uh, entitlement to do so. And they don't have to, if anything, that person could have walked into their house and knocked on the door and said, Hey, can you tell me what it is to be black? And they could have got punched in the face and right. that would have been justified. You know what I mean? But yeah. if that happened and where that does happen, both people walk away, you know, with, with, with a feeling, and that may not be something that creates a change that is going to incrementally bring us to the level that we want to get to, you know, um, in, in the future. I, uh, there, uh, as we kind of wind down, there's a few things that popped in my head. One was this, okay. The best way, cause I'm like, okay, the, the majority of people listening to this, I think will fit into that third category of, of kind of people you were going through, which is basically saying, gosh, I don't want to be racist. I, I don't think I'm racist, but I don't even really know what to do from here. And so I, I kind of want to gear the action steps towards that group because I think they're, and I, and I would definitely put myself, uh, I, I would have put myself in that group, um, you know, to some degree still do. Uh, so, so addressing those folks, I think will give us our, the most bang for the buck, if you'll pardon the term. <laughs> but like the, the way that I, the way that I sum this up <laughs> Is uh, so I have three kids, and my my uh, oldest son was teasing my daughter, and he just sometimes is just merciless with her. Mm -hmm. And he will intentionally go out of he won't be like he's not cruel. He doesn't like you know 
uh, he's not like, you know, punching her or anything like this, but he'll just do these small, subtle little jabs. Mm-hmm. And one, and, and so it just mounts and mounts and mounts. And one day, he, I, I don't remember what it was. One day he, he did something and uh, Evie, that's my daughter, she had just had it. And so she hauled off and just socked him. Mm-hmm. And she popped him. She didn't hit him in the face, thankfully. She hit him, I think, as hard as her little fist could hit him. And you know what I thought to myself? I thought, you know what? Good for Evie. Because she has just, she's eight. She is expressing herself in the way that she knows how in this moment where the frustration has become so great that she she feels like, what else am I supposed to do here? Uh, I got an older brother who's older than me. He, you know, um, uh, knows certain things and knows how to do things in a way that wouldn't necessarily show up uh, and can kind of do things underneath the surface so mom and dad don't notice. What else is she supposed to do? And it it, it dawned on me like, as you were describing kind of that trauma, that's almost the type of situation that we're in right now where it's like, these subtle little jabs and these subtle little and not so subtle, let's be clear. Mm -hmm. uh, And not so subtle, some very overt uh, Mm -hmm. kind of behaviors have just piled up and piled up and piled up. And so you get to a point where it's like, you know what? That's totally merited. Every punching uh, her, her brother totally merited. Like I don't blame her. And (laughs) When I look at what's going on in our country, you know, I go back to that classroom at the University of Northern Iowa when that professor said, people of color have every right to hate white people for the rest of their lives. And he, and he said, and I'm just glad that they don't. Mm-hmm. I'm just glad that they don't. Now, he's making huge generalizations here, but right, right. ultimately, that's where I think we need to start the conversation is to say, man, there's a ton of shit that has happened. And the behaviors, the reactions, the frustrations are totally merited. Mm -hmm. They are, period. Don't care who you are. Don't care where you come from. Those are merited reactions for centuries of oppression. Now, how do we move forward? What does that look like? And I know what I'm taking away from this conversation. And I'd love to hear kind of like from your perspective, what can people, and let's just make it real simple. People in my position, okay, so business owner, entrepreneur, uh, uh, running a successful business, maybe has a couple employees um, or is thinking about hiring some employees. What can that person do? And I know what I'm taking away from this, which is, you know, if you're in that conversation with those five people and somebody says something that's not overtly racist, let's say it's not a racist joke per se, but there's prejudice involved and you know it, you know it when you see it. It's like the Supreme Court definition of pornography. You know it when you see it. <laughs> you know prejudice when you see it. And being able to say, you know what? Uh, what was it? Billy or Brad? <laughs> <laughs> Billy and Brad, yeah. Billy and Brad, that's not cool. My, you know, my sweet niece, she's biracial. And I just, if, if she were here, she wouldn't appreciate that. So I would appreciate if you guys didn't say that. That's easy for me to do. I can totally do that. So what are some other things that, again, people in my position, guy or gal, white person, has a business, what can those people begin to do and think and take steps on 
to really change the narrative and pick up on the momentum that these last few months have generated in this country. Yeah, there's a lot. Um, I'll, I'll try to make it, uh, try to make some, some simple examples. I, I, I'll tell you that where I see some companies that are actually, you know, really trying to take the helm to, to make change is where they uh, be absolutely transparent about what they're going to change. Those companies, especially the larger ones, when they're saying, hey, you know what? As we look around our leadership, all of our leadership is, mm. is disproportionately white and maybe maybe white male, white, maybe white, white women. And, and it's like, you know, let's say out of, out of 20 people, 18 of them are white males, two of them are white women, right? Um, we're off there. We're going to start to look internally for, air, for, for areas within our departments for us to elevate and create maybe a better culture or maybe re, redo our training so that way we're, we're looking at talent um, specifically within uh, the, the Black community, right? Because the thing of it is, is that if we don't see us represented um, in leadership, then, you know, especially of now, what we're starting to see a lot more of too is that when we don't see these companies that are actually stepping out and saying things and not doing anything, then we're taking our money, we're going elsewhere. Mm. And so um, that does something both from the consumer, which if we think about business as a whole, no business is going to work without consumers. And right. a large part of the, of the buying population, especially in this country, is uh, black and brown people. Um, wh whether, you know, and, and because a lot of it is because we're coming, we're finally getting to the point um, of, of, of development where we have uh, discretionary funds that we can use to buy on different things. And so we are doing that. And for a lot of different reasons, whether it be because, because we want to, or whether it be because we, we feel, we sometimes feel like we have to, like in, in, in my case, in some cases where it's like, I purchased Mercedes and my latest car now is a Mercedes because I want people to, when I, when I go to uh, the, the restaurant for valet, or when I go to the, to, to the pull, to the drive through or when I go to different places, I don't want them to judge me on maybe a car that I had before, if it was a minivan or whatever else, I want them to judge me and say, look at this, he must be this, instead mm -hmm. of looking at, you know, whereas if I just, if I was, if I was you and I rolled up in, you know, a 95 Honda Civic, they wouldn't look at the 95 Honda Civic, they would look at you for who you are and probably give assumptions of, you know, oh, he, he, he could be this, he could be that, whatever, I'll leave it up to the conversation that I have when I have with them, right? And so with businesses, what they have to do is they have to understand the culture that they have within them. Um, they have to bring in other people uh, start to shift their leadership to where it's not just a, a, a you know a, a white wall of 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 everything that's in front of of, of people that's in front of them, whether it be from top tier management all the way down to to, to, to uh, what do you call those managers and superiors and things like that. Then they also have to get behind those words and say, hey, we're, these are the steps, or tell us what steps you'd like to see, mm -hmm. right? Because every business is a little different. Tell us what steps you'd like to see that would change the narrative of what we're doing, that would make this a more inclusive culture for you, you know, you know of, of, of whatever descent and whatever background that you're coming from. Because then when we can start to see that our influence in terms of suggestions are being taken into consideration, we have much more pride for the business. Because the other side of that is that when we see that the business says one thing and isn't doing that, then internally, we're looking for ways to expose that or we're looking for ways for us to leave or take our talents elsewhere, which then eventually will also take down the company too, right? Because they won't, you know, they will, they will lose out on innovations and, you know, and, and, and efficiencies and things like that, because that talent that could have come from a really good idea went to their competitor, went to someplace that did boast and say, hey, we're welcome over here. We, we want to see you over here. We want to hear what you have to say. Um, 
during meetings, we want to, you know, we want to make sure that we're, 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 let's say, for example, you're sitting down in a meeting and it's, you know, uh, 20 other people that's in there and they're the two black people that are in the room, you know, and we say, hey, you know, hey, John, what do you think about this? Where I typically would, 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 would listen to what maybe Brad or Billy may have to say. And I, and I don't even give you the opportunity to say something. Hey, John, you know, I, you know, I've, 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 I've taken a minute to look back at some of the things that you've done and some of the approaches you've done. You wrote really good stuff about this, you know, and I really haven't heard from you. I'd love to hear, you know, what, uh, what you have to say about this. Do you have any, any input on this? And just being called that, I was like, wow, you know what? I, I, I didn't think that you'd say something about that. Mm. Yes, I do. Matter of fact, here's this. Or the other side of that same example that I gave before, something happened, something was said, um, as a manager, look at the room. You know that as a manager, you can tell or, you know, that I and maybe somebody else of color, you can see that maybe everybody else is laughing and I am not. And, mm. you know, and, and, and the two of us aren't. So as, as maybe even maybe as your auto response was to laugh and enjoy, enjoy whatever that was said or enjoy whatever that was that was happening. Look to the other people of color in the room and see what the temperature is with them. And are they, how do they feel? Do they look like they're upset or do they look like they were, that they were hurt or something like that? And don't address it in the room. Don't address it right then in the moment. Wait, maybe till later on, pull them aside or step into their office or step to their cubicle, whatever that it is and say, Hey, John, uh, a little bit ago in the meeting, you know, uh, so-and-so said this and, and I could, I, I, I got a sense that you were uneasy with that. Is, mm. there, is there something that I missed? And that gives me the opportunity to say, absolutely you missed it and da, 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 you know and let me tell you that and then the, last week, the same thing happened da, 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 da. and now and now i have the opportunity because now i can tell that not only did you pay attention to that but you also saw how i felt about it, which means you're paying attention to me which means that you know it's not this all boys club this all male club or all you know whatever that it is you actually and, and that is what starts it because then what happens is that then i can go to that that other person who was in the, was in the room and say hey you know what hey so and so uh you know, uh, so-and-so came back to me and he, he noticed that you and I kind of looked at each other and weren't really laughing at the, at the joke or whatever the comment that it was or whatever. And, um, he actually pulled me aside and wanted to talk to you about it. And I was able to, I was able to really get into him tell him what happened. You know I mean? I didn't curse him. Like I, you know, like I was talking to you, you know what I'm saying? I was like, you know, F this and F that. And, you know, you know, I actually was able to tell him how I felt and how, and da, 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 da. And that person now will then be like, oh, wow, I'm glad that he, you know, that he did or she did or whatever. Maybe they will with me, you know, and, and, and in coming, and maybe they will, right? Or maybe the next time that something happens, that manager says, "Hey, you know what? That 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 was inappropriate," you know, uh, you know, and not to give them an example to say, "Like, oh, that was inappropriate." I talked to John last week. He said they didn't like that. No, that's not the approach. Right. The approach is, you know, that was inappropriate because of this, or because you know, because I have experienced this, or I can imagine what that would feel like in this situation. So, all of those are different ways that we can start to read the room, see the temperature put ourselves in a perspective or in the shoes of somebody else who may be offended in this. And that's not just, you know, ultimately, and I feel like, you know, in the black community, we're always defending everybody else. Like if you're gay, you know what I'm saying? We're in the room and somebody's making a gay joke. We're the first person to be like, you know, for the most part, we're the first person to be like, Hey, that's not funny. You can't say that. Or you know, make an Asian joke. Hey, that, that's not funny. You know, whether they're in the room or not, you know, that's, that's offensive. And we mm -hmm. want you to understand it because if we were not in the room and you made a, a, a racial joke, you know, we would want you to say, you know, or say to somebody else, hey, that's not funny. So all of those are things that we can do now to take it in terms of business. I'll tell you this also. This is the best time to take advantage of really being on the right side of society right now or the right side of a movement right now to really get in front and say, hey, you know what? 
we see what's happening and this is incorrect. And so what we're doing is we're, we're going to, maybe we're going to take proceeds and we're going to donate to this specific fund and we're going to match this, or, or we're going to go back into our community or maybe not say publicly, but maybe within the community, within the, the, the organization or the business to say, Hey, everybody, uh, we just want to let everybody know that uh, we know that we've been matching your 401k to this percentage. If anybody wants to donate to this organization, they're, they're, they're heading up, you know, they're, they're heading up uh, the Black Lives Matter movement in this, in our local area for this, for this effect. We've met with them, maybe we brought them in to have a discussion to tell us what they, what they want to see in the community. We're donating, you know, some of our proceeds to this. Organization. If you want to donate as well, that'd be fantastic. Not that you have to, but we are because we want to make sure that our efforts, uh, that these efforts that are being held in this front, because they know more than what we do, but we recognize what they're doing. And so we're joining on to help bolster that, to make that effort even bigger, at least here in the community. So we want to make you guys aware of that. And so if you have any questions, come see us or come see me or da, 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 da. Like all of those are just different examples of ways that you can win. Because here's again, being somebody who works at that company, if we're, if I see that you're doing that and I see that you're, you know, which is what matters to everybody, you put money behind that. Listen, man, I, I, you, you almost win me for life, you know, mm. whereas the dedicated, you know, employees, they typically work for, for managers, not necessarily the companies. You can have a she, oh, sorry, you can have a crappy company, but have a really good uh, a manager. And that those employees, whatever the, you know, whatever the race or whatever, whatever color will bend over backwards because that manager is good. That manager knows how to relate to them. That manager knows how to compensate them in ways or make them feel good or make them, uh, make them feel encouraged or make them feel invigorated or whatever that it is, despite whatever the company is doing. Now, if the company is also doing that, you get cheerleaders for life. And we always talk about creating your tribe, right? With your customers. If you get your tribe right, that work for you, that champion you, that, 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 that see what you're doing, especially when they can tell that it's not something you're doing for the sake of the moment, you really mm -hmm. understand what's going on. Boy, no one can say anything bad about you, whether you're in the room or not, when it comes to this business, this company, this manager, whatever that it is, they, you know what I'm saying? Our, this community will, will, will back you, you know, bar everything. And that is the missed up. That is the opportunity that is that is here that some companies are taking advantage of, and some companies are kind of waiting in the water to see what happens and see how long this this wave is actually going to decide whether or not they actually want to you know take their paddle out and start rowing along. Those companies are are also going to be exposed, the ones that take longer. But those that are in the forefront, riding the wave at the, you know the big wave at the at the very beginning, those are the ones that are going to win big in the long run. So I say that for everybody that's listening. Get in front of this, you know, make it known whether it's a, you're a one man show or you're a, a hundred man show or whatever that it is. Um, get in front of this and really understand your the culture that's within. Understand what's going on. Read some books, watch documentaries, understand your history, especially the, the, the you know, uh, the, the history in the, in the United States um, and then have some compassion for 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 everything that is going on. Put yourself in that perspective and see how you can uh, put that passion Put that uh, uh, comp compassion um, into play. Put your money where your mouth is. Sean Perpion, dropping that knowledge. <laughs> this was fun, man. Man, I've so appreciated this. I love, you know, these conversations can be clumsy on, on um, I can only speak for myself, but they can feel clumsy because, you know, and I, you, you, I have a desire to have these conversations and, and I, I have not had enough of them in my life. Uh, and so my, my vow is to change that. And um, if for no other reason than to bring awareness and to use any sort of 
platform or audience that I have been able to build, use that to shed light on the the real mechanics of uh, what it's like to be in another person's shoes, uh, especially a person of color. And so I'm just thankful for you and your graciousness and your ability to, uh, you know, articulate this in such a way that no one can listen to the, the conversation we just had and say, Oh, well that, that, that doesn't make sense. That guy's making this up. <laughs> Nobody could do that. So I'm thankful for you and, uh, and, and your perspective as well. Indeed. Indeed. Man. Thanks for the time. Justin. It, 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 like I said, it, it's, it's something that, um, you know, I think that we, you know, we should have, and I'm, I'm grateful to, to, that you're using, uh, you know, your, 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 your platform to have the conversation. It's, 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 it's brave. It's, it's something that, you know, could be taken in different ways, especially if you look at, you know, your bottom line and in terms of audiences and things like that and sediments, especially for what we talked about. But um, I tell you that it is, it is the better thing to do both morally, um, humanitarily, um, as well as uh, I didn't say financially, to be honest with you, it's the better thing to do. And I hope that more people like you um, who have platforms like this uh, decide to do the same. Thanks for coming on, brother. Always, man. I'll be here anytime. Okay. Anytime. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Experimental. If you want to support the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. As small as it might seem, it does wonders to grow the reach of this podcast and reach more entrepreneurs like you with the mission of this show. If you're interested in learning more about the work I do, head on over to starttheexperiment.com. Starttheexperiment.com. And take a look at some of the client success stories on the page. Until the next episode of Experimental, thanks for listening. Thank you.